0: back to another episode of mac and d james i would ask you how you're doing by right know how you're doing you're down bad you got a big a mix of covid you got a bad back the house hunting might be going okay what, what what's new with you what's happening
1: no all, all of those are actually going poorly um back back's on the up and up uh fully recovered from covid i i felt pretty rough last week i i think the second you and i got down with our podcast recording was like that was my last breath of energy, and then I was just out for the next three days. Um, then, of course, being bedridden doesn't help when you are trying to recover a back injury. So it's like it just has been locked up. But that's getting better now. I am moving around a lot more. Uh, but then the St. Louis housing market is just ridiculous right now. It's this is supposed to be an affordable place, but people are just absurd with their offers and everything.
0: Yeah. I feel like St. Louis is usually at like the top 10 list of like most affordable places whenever you're looking for places and they tell you, Oh, go to St. Louis, go to Kansas city, go to Cincinnati. But like all these places are also getting completely priced out recently. What have what the offers been like? Are people doing like 30% above asking or something
1: stupid? Yeah, it's, it's pretty much that. I mean, it's like 20 or 30% above minimum, uh, you know, having to compete with cash offers, things like that. Just the, the classic, uh, you know, no new home buyer can deal with this type type thing.
0: What are you supposed to do? Like, you should have just been born with a trust fund. That's what you should have done. Like, I
1: should. Have. I told. I told my dad because we were, we were talking about something. I was like, you know, honestly, Dad, if I wanted money, I wouldn't have been born to teachers. But uh, you know, unfortunately, I was so. How Here dare you are. be
0: 14 when the housing market was actually good back in 2008? I know. Like, dude. that's your fucking fault. You that need to is, clean that, that up.
1: That is my fault.
0: Uh, I need to stop cussing. My dad got really bad at me when he was listening to the podcast this past weekend. He said, I cuss too much, and I need to, quote, clean it up. So, Dad, every time I cuss, I'll... I'll I'll put a dollar somewhere, a quarter or something like that. We'll start a swear jar. on
1: that. Put a doge coin in the swear jar.
0: There we go. Yeah, well, (laughs) it'll be bigger than our pot for our fantasy league a few years ago. Still that you you won whenever. The worst
1: time ever to win.
0: Have we ever told that story on the pod?
1: I don't know if we have, but I mean, just very quickly, we we did a winner takes all fantasy league. That was one unanimously voted on by one person being the league manager. And then he also decided our, our weekly like gag would be the winner, whoever scored the most points, gets to move all of the, the prize pool into their chosen crypto. So we went from $200 to $250 to $120 when it was all said and done, and I was the fortunate winner of the grand prize there
0: yeah the crazy thing too is like this is when crypto was actually pretty decent like it wasn't completely tanked yet and it still <laughs> ended up being awful and yeah you won no money i'm really sorry about that however it was very funny putting it into shit coin for two weeks whenever i had the most points so it was a rewarding experience um going into this week's news a lot of stuff go- going down actually for the past few days at least big stories not a ton of stories first off right off the bat we gotta get your instant reaction, James. How did you feel about Ezekiel Elliott signing with your New England Patriots?
1: Yeah, I was pretty happy with the signing. Um, obviously, of of anyone in the sports media world, loosely stating, um, I've, I've been pretty harsh on Zeke as far as an RB one, but as an RB two on your team, and at a maximum of six million, like we only he's only guaranteed three, I think it's the incentives that give him to six. I think it's a pretty reasonable contract for someone that had 800 yards and 12 touchdowns last year. Um, You know, so I I think he could fit and we're not going to rely on him the way Dallas had to try to rely on him. So as long as he can still block really well in passing situations, as long as he can chunk out you know, his classic two yards per carry when it's third and one, then uh, I think we'll be fine and we'll be happy with it. Regardless, it's Silver Ramondre's backfield. I-, I think this just takes pressure off of Zeke and lets him kind of shine when, he need- when we need maybe a moment or two out of him.
0: Yeah, and I'm not perfectly knowledgeable of the New England uh, backfield depth chart, but this definitely feels like a step up from some of the other guys that were currently on the roster. And like you said, like you don't need him to be that lead guy. And I honestly, I just with the way that they paid him, the way that this whole situation went down, I don't think he's looking for that lead role. Like another guy that we're going to talk about here in just a second. And I think he's going to compliment Ramondre Stevenson really well. And honestly, Zeke is only like a year and a half away. A year and a half ago, he was having some pretty dang good production I think he's going to be a goal line back, almost like a fullback sort of style kind of guy. And just more than anything, like he brings a lot of just good pedigree to that backfield. So I think this is a win-win situation. It should have been done weeks ago just to get him more used to the offense, more use with the playbook. But I, I love the landing spot and honestly, super ideal for Zeke and for the Patriots, I feel like. So.
1: Yeah, I think he, he can add some wrinkles to the offense that our guys couldn't. So it, to, you were alluding to the, the depth at, uh, for the Patriot backfield. It was Ramondre and then a, a who's who of uh, Pierre Strong, Jr., uh, J.J. Taylor, uh, Ty Montgomery, if you remember that name. Um, there's one more, like something Harris. Uh, not Damien, it's like Kevin Harris, I think. So, I mean, it, it really is like a mix of special teamers and guys that just haven't much like proven much of anything yet. Um, so, having a one-two punch of Ramondre and Zeke with Zeke, I think really being able to, like I said, add wrinkles just because he's such a great blocker, he can catch the ball when needed. So you know, you know, we're looking when we're in some goal line situations, we might be able to kind of really scheme up some some interesting looks where he could be like a sweeping lead blocker or you know an easy flare out type position. But uh, we'll see. You know, if it doesn't work out, it's pretty low risk. So
0: yeah, absolutely, they can cut bait pretty easily, just like you mentioned. And what do we know? Zeke Elliott will end up being RB4 by week two because it's Billy B and Billy B does what he wants to do. Another guy that got signed, it's funny how they just both ended up happening at the same time. Dalvin Cook signs with the New York Jets on a pretty, pretty hefty deal, a little bit bigger than Zeke's if I'm remembering correctly. And it's seeming like, given the current Brees Hall situation with his injury, he might end up being RB1 for at least a week or two. What do you think of this signing, James?
1: Well, I'm with you. I think he spends the first quarter of the season taking the bulk of the workload. I feel like as, as his shoulder slowly gets more and more dinged up and Brees Hall's knee gets more and more healthy, you'll start to see it get turned over to Brees. But feels like a really good bridge signing, uh, a good depth piece. It's pretty similar to Zeke, except he had a much more productive season last year. It's just Dalvin slowly kind of showing the tread uh, on the tires is rubbing off. So maybe, you know, only being relied on for 10 or 15 touches a game and a pretty high powered offense or what we think could be a high powered offense is is what he needs versus being that 20 touch, uh, you know, only option in the backfield that he has been for the last five or six years.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. So if you had to put money on it, who ends up being the better running back this year for fantasy, Zeke Elliott or Dalvin cook.
1: I'll go Zeke. uh, uh, Just because I think Zeke hit a better landing spot. I I think there's so many mouths to feed in that jets offense and the Patriots offense is going to run the ball. 40 times a game, Zeke's going to get 10 or 15 of those carries and, and pretty valuable carries, too.
0: See, I thought I was going to be hot takey by saying Zeke, but you <laughs> beat me to the punch. Like, I totally agree. I think the, the catches out of the backfield are going to be a little bit higher. I think that Aaron Rodgers isn't going to do his many checkdowns. I think he's going to be trying to air it out to his boy, Alan Lazard and Randall Cobb and all that. And I think on top of all that there is a non-zero chance that Zeke Elliott is kind of this year's Jamal Williams. Like we were kind of joking about it last pod. Like who's this year's Jamal Williams. Like I could see that being Zeke where he's just punching them in from one yard out yeah. every single time.
1: I, you, I beat you to saying Zeke over Dalvin, but you beat me to the fact that it's like Zeke might get all of his carries from 10 yards and in, and, and those are the, the most valuable fantasy carries. I, I, I really think he could just be you know, the, the Patriots were so abysmal in the red zone that all of our signings this off, he been like, oh, that makes sense. Like, we need to try something different. Like, we got Mike Kosicki, who's a red zone threat. We got Zeke. Uh, you know, we got Devontae Parker to a much bigger deal. we want to try to use him more. It's like, we want jump ball receivers. We want guys that can just plow through bodies. We do not want to be settling for four field goals a game and hoping the defense just kind of picks us up.
0: Yeah. Spoiler alert, we're talking about wide receivers today, but just real quick, how much are you downgrading Ramondre Stevenson and Brees Hall, the normal lead guys for these two teams? How much are you downgrading them in terms of fantasy for this upcoming season now?
1: Brees Hall, I think this risk was already calculated. Dalvin Cook was all but a foregone conclusion to the Jets from the get-go. Also, we already knew about his injury. Like That's why he's not a first-round running back this year. I think Ramondre maybe falls a little bit, but where he's going right now in drafts, at least what I've seen, it's like you're taking Ramondre or Josh Jacobs or like maybe Travis Etienne at that point. I still think Ramondre is much more proven than, than Etienne. And, and with Josh Jacobs' current contract situation, like I just can't take him in the second round. So if I'm in the back half of the second and I can go Ramondre into – another, you know, like a Ramondre ETN as my, my turn guys. Cause I got like Jamard or, um, Justin Jefferson early. Uh, then I'm pretty happy with that.
0: Yeah, no, I totally agree. Uh, To your first point, yeah, we already knew that this was going to happen. Like, freaking Dalvin Cook was just hanging out around Jets practice. Like, it was a foregone conclusion, like you said, that he was going to end up being a Jet one way or another. And that was kind of baked into the Brees Hall price. Like, he was already kind of falling down draft boards, and we had already kind of assumed that was happening whenever we were making our rankings. And I agree with you on Stevenson that it's just a very slight downgrade, whereas before it was a bit of a debate between him, Josh Jacobs, Derrick Henry all in that kind of like end of the first round type of guy. I feel like now Stevenson's squarely just slightly behind Jacobs and Henry, but still very much so ahead of Joe Mixon, Travis Etienne, and even, honestly, in my opinion, Aaron Jones, even though it's kind of close there. So I I think this is just a slight downgrade, but it's not going to ultimately be a deal breaker for Ramondre Stevenson. Dude still runs angry, and that's what you want in a fantasy running back, in my opinion. So. Moving on to other news. The other big bit of news this week was that all three top 10 rookie quarterbacks are going to be starting week one, or at least look like they're likely going to be starting week one. So that's Bryce Young for the Panthers, CJ Stroud for the Texans, and most surprisingly, in my opinion, Anthony Richardson for the Indianapolis Colts. What do you think of all three of these rookies starting week one?
1: Bryce has to start week one. You can't trade what they traded to get him and not immediately find out if he's your guy or not. I think CJ's, Pretty much in the same vein, but he might have been able to sit, except there's no one else there. Anthony Richardson's the only one with with Gardner Minshew behind him where you're like, okay, he could sit the first month of the season. But one, says a strong-willed owner. I won't say he's a good owner, but a strong-willed owner. And he pretty much said right from the get-go, like, hey, I want to see this guy get snapped. So when the person signing your paycheck is kind of already indicating that's what he wants to happen, like, you know, it's going to happen. And it probably makes sense. This this Colts team isn't good. As long as they're not like shattering his confidence, I, I think it makes a lot of sense to just see what they've got and Anthony. Um, but I, I just think in general the, the entire like league is just going to look different. It feels like outside of you know the top ten just stalwart quarterbacks that we all know and love, it's going to feel like an entirely different NFL this year. I mean, Derek Carson in New Jersey, Jimmy G in New Jersey. Um, I mean, you've got like you said three. Three starting rookies, Sam Howell's a new face. Uh, Baker on a new team with you know Kyle Trask kind of breathing down his neck. Although it looks like Baker's winning that competition, uh, apparently Stenson Bennett's balling out, and people are starting to say that a controversy there in LA. I mean, there's just so much going on. Oh, right, and you got Arizona without Kyler starting this year. I mean, there's I mean there's a lot of just. I also say excitement, you know, it's going to be a new look NFL. I, I think what's going to happen is death taxes and Patrick Mahomes, but you know, we'll have a different podcast for that.
0: Yeah. It's going to be the wild West outside of those like top 10, 15 quarterbacks. No team really knows what they're doing. Um, I, I totally agree with your Anthony Richardson take, like the Colts have been signaling for a while that this is going to be their guy. Like, I don't know if you remember that tweet that Jim Ursay had where he's like, who are we going to take? And then always had Anthony Richardson as the first guy out of all the quarterbacks that he mentioned. It's like, dude, you're you're tipping, t- t- tipping pitches right now. You're showing your signal right now. You have your guy, and you're going to go get your guy. Uh, Carolina, I'm, I'm only slightly surprised because it felt like the red rifle was going to come in there and have his way. He said that he still feels like he's a starter in this league and maybe he ended up starting over Bryce, but... Uh, not not that big of a surprise. I'm just joking. And then CJ Stroud, yeah. There's really no one else. Like Davis Mills has been kind of balling out during preseason, but that's to be expected. He's a what third year player now, second second year player. Feel he feels like a ten year veteran with that long ass neck. But he uh, he he was likely going to end up being the backup regardless. So not too big of a surprise with all these top guys. And now it's just kind of a matter of time of when does Will Levis get his opportunity as that second round guy to the Titans end up hanging it up kind of early during the season. So interesting, interesting stuff. And a lot of teams are rolling the dice this year with a lot of young players. So we'll see what
1: happens. Yeah, well, Will Levis' play time is directly proportional or I guess inversely proportional to their uh, playoff hopes.
0: Yeah. As the season goes on and the, the losses start racking up, I think we'll see more and more Will Levis, which I think is the right choice honestly if we're looking at the titans uh on a whole for their dynasty or not dynasty but like potential franchise all right so we are going to our wide receiver rankings and we're mixing it up a little bit this week we are just looking at our tiers for the wide receivers instead of doing a full ranking like we've done with the running backs or the quarterbacks there's just so many wide receivers that we want to touch on so we're just talking about our favorites in a given tier which is kind of how you approach a draft right James
1: uh, yeah, you have to kind of think, okay, if I can get this guy in round one, you know, round two, round three, et cetera, that's what you have to be looking for. Because after the first couple of rounds, you, you have to stop worrying about ADP and start worrying about who you like, right? Maybe after round four. After round four, you really have to be like, okay, who do I just like and just go get him? Like, you have to stop worrying about it. And, and that's what this does. Is it gives you a chance to kind of just say, hey, once a few of these big names come off the board, do, you know, do I really want to dick around grabbing... You know, option A, or do I want to just go get a guy that I like?
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. You got to kind of stop looking at the consensus rankings and just be like, this is my guy. This is who I believe in. And I believe in the situation and just go freaking get him because it's really not going to matter all that much by the end of the season. Looking at our tier one, I think we kind of both agree there's a bit of a break after these top three guys can't really go wrong with any of the three but i think there's still a consensus top guy at the end of the day and the three potential options in tier one are justin jefferson jamar chase and cooper cup who do you like see I'm,
1: I'm gonna make the argument tyreek belongs in tier one uh yeah i think of all the guys that have potential for a 2,000 yard season it's those four um but I, I think this is a decent enough cutoff where it doesn't matter it's justin jefferson uh jamar is close but you know There's just other. He has like other options in that offense that kind of steal some some touchdown potential from him. Justin Jefferson's just the pure unfettered alpha in that offense. There's no other person the ball's going to go through besides Jefferson and Cooper Cup's injury history is just purely terrifying. Uh, I mean, when you come into camp, pull the hammy already, which is like his big issue is hamstrings and knees. I'm pretty out on Cooper Cup at this point, unless he like comes back quickly and starts proving through full practice that he's he's good to go.
0: Yeah, we're also doing like our absolutely not, or like guys are just letting fall to other teams in our drafts. And you you kind of were saying that maybe Cup would be on that level, but I think just like the sheer potential of a first half of the season last year from cup or his unicorn season where he won the triple crown for receiving receiving yards, receive overall receptions and receiving touchdowns just that potential is just so tantalizing especially given he's the only option seemingly in that la offense so i think i don't think cooper cup is a do not draft i think he's a distant third and you have to be over the moon to get justin jefferson who's also my pick in this tier one uh, he's he's the 101, he's the top guy in this draft. And I don't know if you knew this, James, but he put up a like top five fantasy season of this millennium, which is crazy last year. Even with his kind of slower into the season, dude was still putting up historic numbers. So it's Justin Jefferson and everybody else in this draft, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, you know, just to, to harp one more point for Cup, I, he has to fall to me. I mean, like truly fall, because if it's the four, five, six pick, you know, that's you're looking at potentially getting McCaffrey at three, Kelsey. at four. Yeah. I mean, Kelsey starts creeping in the back of your mind. You know, I'm probably taking Tyreek over Cup, honestly. So, you mean, like, those are five guys where it's like, yeah, but if it's like gets to pick eight and it's like Cup or B. John Robinson, then I'm probably grabbing Cooper at that point because those are both kind of high risk, high reward type, type picks. Jamar uh, De- Chase is, I think, a, a very serviceable number two overall yep. pick. I think we both love him. It's just. When you see the highlight plays, you know, Justin Jefferson one-handed ripping the ball out of a guy's arms while falling backwards, you know, against the Bills. When he just kind of casually gets 10 yards of separation from a cut, um, he's just on a different planet. I mean, Jamar can take any slant to the house, but Justin Jefferson is is 7'11", man. He is just always open and Kirk is always looking his way.
0: Yeah, not to crap on my brother on the pod, but I'll still take the opportunity. We were doing some mock drafts this past weekend in the car, and he was like, oh, yeah, I'll take CD over Jamar Chase. And I'm like, I love CD layup, but that is way too high, Drew. Like, Jesus Christ, like, Jamar Chase... Can put up an entire game's worth of stats in just one catch. He's done it before, and he'll continue to do it again. His rookie year is what most NFL veterans would dream for. So I, I think that Jamar Chase is still on another level compared to some of these other guys. And I think we're both consistent. Like it goes Jefferson and Chase, one and two, pretty pretty simply. Yeah. Moving to tier two, who you got in this second tier of Tyreek, Stephon Diggs, C D Lamb, AJ Brown, Devontae Adams, Garrett Wilson, Amon Ra. And Jalen Waddle.
1: Yeah, like I said, I think Tyreek belongs in tier one, so I, I thought that was an easy grab. Uh, if, if we try to kind of play, if I'm playing into that where I, I move him into a different tier, I think it's got to be CD or Steph on Diggs. Um, I, Diggs has slowly been creeping up boards. I think people are starting to kind of ignore the, the annual, does he hate Josh Allen rumors that spread every year during camp and just realize that year after year, Diggs has just been putting up numbers. I, I think I just like the youth of CD. And the fact that that team's going to be down more than the bills will be down. So they're going to be throwing that ball a lot more. And and CD Lamb's just going to be a a huge beneficiary of that.
0: Yeah. I've been a big proponent of CD Lamb. He's also my pick in this tier. I don't need to make it too redundant here, but the dude just gets better every single season. Rookie year, 900 yards, five touchdowns. Sophomore year, 1100 yards, six touchdowns. Junior year, 1400 yards nine touchdowns like he literally just keeps getting better and better and i don't think that's going to stop this year and we're going to have a healthy dak with a good offensive line terrence Steele is back and i think that they're just going to be a good team and i think a lot of people forget that they won the nfc east last year and i don't think there's any reason why they can't do it again this year we haven't got to our team's pod yet but spoiler alert i like the cowboys Moving on, we have our third tea, thier, third tier here. I think there's a pretty noticeable drop here. It goes Devontae Smith, Chris Olave, T. Higgins, DK Metcalf, Debo, Land, Debo Samuel, Calvin Ridley. That's tier three. Who do you like out of this tier?
1: Yeah, you hit the nail on the head there. I mean, once you go from like Amon Ra and Jalen Waddle down to Devante Smith, etc., it, it is noticeable. I, I think Devontae is, is my guy in this tier. Um, you know, there's I I personally think he could just as easily outperform AJ Brown as he could be like it's it's he could either be the number one or the number three behind Dallas Goddard and you know both scenarios are equally likely but his last six games of the season when when Goddard was down that Eagles offense didn't skip a beat and Devontae was just feasting uh, with Jalen or Hurts and without Jalen Hurts. I, I think he kind of turns the corner in the season. I really like the potential he showed. I mean, just monster games, you know, yak type plays, big catches, everything. Uh, he, he just seems like the, the go-to guy for me. And, and really, it's, it's just he's in a better offense than Olave. Olave, I think, could make a ton of sense just because he's the only option. Uh, but, you know, what Devontae showed, I think, is, is kind of what I'm into. And maybe I'm letting best ball kind of guide my judgment here because I think Olave season long is going to be... Better on average, but I think uh, Smith is going to have just way bigger games.
0: Are you just picking every guy at the top of every tier? Is that how I, we, how I do did
1: use that as well? And I tried to stop doing that come tier, you know, uh, four and five. Or no, I guess by tier five.
0: Ah, you're good. You're good. Yeah, I mean, I cannot fault you for Devonte Smith. The continuous improvement with him, the circus catches, just the pure ability is insane. I, 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 we never really talked about this, but like, how do you feel about the phenomenon of like? third year receivers like that's usually the year that you really start taking off and solidifying yourself and that's what Devontae's is going into this year what do you what do you think of that
1: i thought it was second year and, and that's why there's a lot of second year guys that are, are interesting but you know i i really think when you're still on that rookie contract but getting more and more experience like the later you are in that rookie deal i i just think the more enticing the fantasy asset you are and, and like i mean that's why we have cd as a top 10 you know prospect
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, and you you just get more solidified in your offense. You end up being the guy, and then shortly after that, that's usually when you get paid. Yeah, you're still still working on
1: getting that that you know uh, like hundred million dollar esque paycheck. Like you know, you're still you're still grinding for that. You you haven't quite made it yet.
0: Yeah, you want the Antonio Brown deal Uh, in this third tier. I like a lot of these guys. Like honestly, if I had to like make a pick of any of my any of the tiers to be my favorite, it's this one. This is my bread and butter. I also just love receivers, so that might just be playing into it. But I love Chris Olave for this tier. We talked about him a ton on the pod in the past. Dude is just silky smooth. I think that he's going to be getting a lot of short passes from... Uh, Derek Carr over the middle and I think he's just the heir apparent to Michael Thomas like I I don't love Michael Thomas as much this year and it's really just because I think Olave is gonna be dominating a lot of those catches dude is just efficient and if he gets a little bit more volume this year which I think he does I think he's really gonna take off and he's worthy of that third tier pick going to the fourth round it's a big big tier I'm not gonna go through all the names but it basically goes from Amari Cooper all the way down to Brandon Ayuk so who are your guys in this tier
1: well to your point, I always picked the the top guy in the tier. So Amari Cooper, uh, had to grab him. But it, you know, in all honesty, no receivers were brought in that were big enough to take away from Amari's just lion's share of the targets. Uh he, he balled out with Jacoby Brissett, he balled out with Deshaun. I think Deshaun's gonna be just tremendously better in this offense this year. Um, again, just off the field issues aside, he he just gets to spend an entire offseason worrying about football, and not other things, and, and that's going to go a long way for this offense. Uh, he's since he's been in the league. I mean, he's one of the most crisper outrunners. runners. He he's getting a little bit older, but I think Amari has a ton of potential. Proved last year, there's a lot left in the tank. And then the other guy that I've been drafting a ton is Drake London. I I think he's just the de facto number one option Atlanta. They might not be the best offense in the world, or I guess the best team in the world, but I think that offense has a ton of weapons and a ton of you know threats you have to worry about. It's going to rely on Desmond Ritter being serviceable, but uh, you know we saw last year they, they drew up a ton of plays for Drake London. We're going to see that second-year bump, I think, out of Drake London, and uh, you know when people are stacking the box for Bijan and Tyler Algier, it's going to leave Drake London and, and uh, Kyle Pitts open pretty frequently.
0: Yeah, I kind of hate that you stole my Amari Cooper idea here. He really quietly had an insanely good season last year. Super consistent, playing all 17 games. He finished as wide receiver eight on the year. That's above Amon Ross St. Brown, who's going a good two and a half rounds ahead of Amari Cooper. Spoiler alert. Amon am in my do not draft list. Uh, Yeah, I love your Drake London pick too, just because he did continuously improve throughout the season. His last handful of games hit 95 yards, 70 yards, 96 yards, 47 yards. And then that week 17 or week 18 game, I don't know how many games there are in the NFL season anymore. He hit 120 yards on six catches, a really big game for him. And I think it really bodes well for some future production that we'll see this year. The guys that I like in this tier though, overall – is another guy that I feel like is kind of like Amari Cooper that we all just forget, and it's Terry McLaurin. Scary Terry just does it year in, year out. He's the wide receiver one, without a doubt. Yes, Jahan Dotson's going to be nipping at his heels a little bit, but I think you still got to love Scary Terry in this offense. I think that Jacoby Brissett, as you mentioned with Amari Cooper, Could really support some fancy wide receivers. And I don't think we see Sam Howell for too long as we make that transition over to Jacoby. I think that this uh, Washington team is a lot better, and a lot of people are giving them credit for. And honestly, I could see them being better than the Giants this
1: upcoming year. Yeah, you said you love tier three. I really think tier four is is where I'm just kind of salivating because there's a lot of times I'm constructing my roster in a way that I pretty much have to just take Kelsey because I don't love my other options in round one, and and I can only do that because I know I can still get a decent running back. And then there's just so many guys here that you can double dip on if you're like a later. So if you go one two late, that means your three four are going to be kind of later picks. Uh, you know these guys make you feel okay. You feel like you're going to get pretty good wide receiver, maybe one and a half production out of two dudes back to back. And a lot of them just have a ton of upside that I think, you know, makes it worthwhile. You know, say a Calvin Ridley or an Amari Cooper falls and you double that up with like a DJ Moore or a Drake London, like you feel pretty good about it. There's only one guy I'm I'm just staying absolutely away from and and we'll talk about it later. But uh, other than the guy I picked from this tier, I think everyone else is easily, easily uh, grabbable in this tier and, and you feel good about it too.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. And the, the other guy that I really love as well is Christian Watson. I think a lot of people kind of see him as like that touchdown merchant, almost like rookie year Chase Claypool. But I feel like Christian Watson did a lot more than just that. Not only is his raw athletic score absolutely insane one of the best we've ever seen out of a wide receiver coming out of the draft ever i feel like he was way more than just the touchdowns he had three 100 yard receiving games last year down the stretch and that's not even including the fact that he just had an insanely slow start like yes He only finished with 600 yards. Yes, he only finished with seven touchdowns, but that's because he didn't play for like six weeks. Dude was in the Aaron Rodgers doghouse. And I feel like with especially rookie wide receivers, you have to look at the first half of the season, like the first eight games, and then the second half of the season, the last nine games. And just looking at his last nine games, it was an insane run for Christian Watson. Yes, it's a little high. I get it. It's tier four, but I feel like it's worth betting on that potential. Whenever some of these other guys are a little bit, I don't know, just less exciting. Like, would I rather have Christian Watson in this tier or like? Jerry Judy, like I know what I'm getting from Jerry Judy. It's 700 yards and four touchdowns. But, like Christian Watson has that pop in potential that could really win me a fantasy league.
1: No, I, I like that Christian Watson pick. I, I honestly believe he is one dropped pass away from being top 15 in, in fantasy, and it's just because it was the first game of the year, first pass of the year, right through his bread basket, 80 yard touchdown gone. That's the only image people had of him for the first half of the season, including Aaron Rodgers never got looks again, and then finally turned it on towards the end of the season ton of potential. Jordan Love already looks way better than people expected in preseason. It's preseason, so we'll curb our expectations a bit. But I, I think this Packers offense is going to be humming. I think they're going to surprise a lot of people. And I think you're going to get a lot of these Packers players for discounts.
0: Yeah. Aaron Rodgers was threatening him with the dark house. He was scared for his life, and I get why. All right, Tier 5. We have the same guy. It's a small tier. It's, only it's, obvious. Er- it's an
1: obvious pick, though.
0: Yeah, it's Christian Kirk, Michael Pittman Jr., Mike Evans, Deontay Johnson, Hollywood Brown, who you got?
1: Yeah, what one name sticks out, heads and tails above the rest, and that's nine year in a row, thousand yard season, Mike Evans. Uh, Christian Kirk had a good year last year, but we've said it already. We're not sure what he looks like now that Calvin Ridley's in that offense, now that ETN's one more year in that offense, etc. Pittman Jr., uh, I think the Colts will be more exciting than they were last year because it's a low bar, but I don't know if I love any of their offensive prospects there. Um, yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's Mike Evans, man. He's, he's been just that dude. He's been him since he got drafted, what, 10 years ago at this point. Um, I mean, Mike Evans truly is a Hall of Fame receiver. I, I, everyone talks about the log jam at wide receiver. It's like my, Mike Evans is going to skip the line when he retires here. You know, maybe in a five or so seasons, like he's just different, and and he still is that guy until he proves otherwise.
0: Yeah, and, and no offense to your to your boy Tom Brady, but he had a noodle arm towards the end of the season last year. And Mike Evans still put up eleven hundred yards and six touchdowns, good for wide receiver sixteen on the season. Dude was a wide receiver too all year long, and just looking at some of his other years, just going back a handful two years ago, thousand yards, fewer yards, fourteen touchdowns. Year before that, 1,006 yards. Again, fewer yards, 13 touchdowns. If he just has a little bit of regression to the main a little bit, has a few more touchdowns in there, he's no longer wide receiver 16. He's going to be catapulting up into wide receiver one territory. And I feel like that's the potential that you need to be betting on in the middle of your fantasy drafts. Mike Evans... Yes, I get it. It's Baker Mayfield. Yes, I get it. It's Kyle Trask at quarterback. But do I really think that's going to stop a Hall of Famer from putting up 1,000 yards and nine touchdowns this year? Absolutely not. I think he can do it again.
1: I mean, so. Let's think about it, too. So last year, I don't think anyone on that Bucks offense performed to their potential. I think that's pretty well noted. Um, they, they were kind of gone for the most of the season. and That left-foot offense just was not it. Mike Evans still put up 1,000 yards, and, and he had a few pretty pretty bad drops, too, for you know touchdowns, to your point. Like, just not Mike Evans esque drops, kind of the the pinnacle of health. I hope that's not the curse here, but I mean just stays healthy throughout the season. And I mean he's done it with Jameis. He's done it with Sky Cam Glennon. He's done it with God knows who else at quarterback. Um I, I don't think Baker Mayfield's gonna be what ends Mike Evans. Baker's still a, a fairly accurate quarterback. Um he he just sometimes has decision issues, but Mike Evans has fought through that before. I, I think he'll be okay.
0: Yeah, dude missed two games, too. Missed more games than any guy in the top 20 outside of Jamar Chase, and that's just because Jamar Chase is crazy. So Mike Evans, I think, even with some injuries, like he's still going to be a top 20 receiver. Moving to the next tier here. We're in tier six now. This is when things start getting a little dicey. If one of these guys is your wide receiver one, Good luck. If one of these guys is your wide receiver two, that's okay. And if one of these guys is your wide receiver three, you're feeling pretty good about your fancy draft, in my opinion. So we're going from George Pickens at the top all the way down to OBJ. What are you feeling here?
1: Yeah, I, I don't see OBJ returning any sort of value this year. I, I think homie's done, but uh, you know your mileage may vary. You'll talk about Dawson here in a second, and I'll, I'll go with it. You know I've been burned before. I've 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 ridden the wave before. I think I'm ready to ride it again. I wasn't at the beginning of the season, but since he's playing in the preseason and showing that he can run routes, I'm in on the Michael Thomas train. I'm gonna, I'm going for it. You know, you can get him so low in so many drafts that it's like he's my wide receiver five. And I'm like, screw it, I'll take that risk just because Slant Boy. We've seen it. We've never seen him get to be wide receiver two in offense. He might be able to feast with Derek Carr. Dude. Why not? I mean, I'm not. and again, it, where, I'm, where I've been able to draft him, I'm dropping him in two weeks. You know, if if kind of just it's been what it has been the last three years, but they have every incentive to use him like crazy because he's still on a just monster contract. And it's, I mean, it's a whole new, whole new offense. We'll see what happens.
0: Yeah. And honestly, at his price, like, What would you rather bet on a guy who's never done it before getting to a level where they're actually fancy relevant? Or do you want to bet on the guy who's had 1700 touchdowns or 1700 yards and nine touchdowns in a singular season? Like I, I, I can't really blame you for that. And I think you have the exact right attitude. With Michael Thomas, where you got to cut bait pretty dang quickly if it's not working out, but it's it's kind of it's kind of worth it. I know I was <laughs> talking shit off, but it's kind of worth it.
1: Yeah, and add the asterisk the second you hear anything about the word feet coming out of you know the Saints, just any news, you just forget forget that he's on like a draftable player. But until then, I, he's 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 in play for me.
0: I love that you were shitting on OBJ, too, because I was texting with Konski last night. He's like, yeah, I'm really excited for the wide receiver episode. I really want to hear what you think of my sweet prince, OBJ. And then you just talk smack all over Odell. So sorry, Konsky. Uh We're not overly pro OBJ this year. Uh, in my sixth tier, I'm really liking Jahan Dotson, as you mentioned. I think he's just a sure handed, really shifty guy that's going to be able to get you a lot of yards this upcoming year. Not really sure what his put touchdown potential is going to look like. Don't feel like the commanders are going to be putting up too many points, but I feel like he's going to be putting a lot of yards up over the middle. And maybe Scary Terry's more of the touchdown merchant, but that's kind of all you can hope for in this tier six. And then again, I'm hitting those firecracker type guys as we get further down in the draft. And I'm going after George Pickens in this round. I feel like. The normal bump whatever a guy is just having this insane of a training camp really hasn't kicked in for George Pickens yet. i looking at his ADP right here. He's high receiver 35, way, way down. And I feel like there's no reason why he should be that low. I think Kenny Pickett's improving. A lot of the things we already mentioned with like the offensive line getting better in Pittsburgh. And yeah, sure, he may end up having a Juju year where Juju had like 700 yards and Pickens is not even worth rostering. But I think that potential of him having an insane 1,400-yard, six-touchdown season totally outweighs the risk with George Pickens personally.
1: I'm with you. I like both your picks. So Dodson, honestly, I haven't flip flopped. I think Scary Terry could be 1,400 yards but only like four touchdowns, and Dodson could be 700 yards but 10 touchdowns because he can just make those insane catches. And I feel like Terry's a little bit better uh, in open space. For, for George Pickens, he's scary because he does not get separation, but his battles with uh, Joey Porter Jr. have been absolutely electric. Every video that comes out of those two going at it is one, George Pickens just mossing him like crazy, and just the fact that I think Joey Porter Jr. is going to be a dog in this league. I mean, he's just all over him. Uh, you know, it's scary because you, you want guys that get separation that are just wide open and it's obvious, but... To your point, I think Pickens is going to be playing with a lot more confidence here this year. He looks better already in preseason. And Pickens might not be a, a master, you know, 10 catch a game guy, but the five catches he gets are going to be one electric and two like back of the end zone, you know, toe drag swag type catches that uh, I, I think he's going to return his value.
0: Yeah, you might be right on Dotson, though. I didn't realize how much of a touchdown merchant he was in college. He had 13 touchdowns his senior year at Penn State. That's pretty dang good, honestly, for a guy his size. So, yeah, all in on Dotson for this upcoming year. Tier 7, who we like in here? We have the same guy, actually.
1: I mean, it's the last wide receiver one of their offense available, and it's Juju. Um, I, we we don't love the Patriots offense, and that hurts me to say, but, uh, you know, they, they have to prove it. However, when you have a guy that's clearly in line to be the, the you know, the recipient of 80, 90, 100 targets, you, you have to take him, And usually you have to take him in round four, but you can get Juju much, much later. Right. So I, I think just the upside is there and you can cut bait if it's obvious this Patriots offense is just same old, same old. But until then, I mean, like he was what an 800, 900 yard receiver last year on a very crowded chiefs team. That was really more of Kelsey's team. Uh, this year Juju has every opportunity to be wide receiver one through and through. Uh, He he didn't quite do it for Pittsburgh, but you know, he's, he's got, he's got a second chance and I I think he takes advantage of it.
0: Yeah. I mean, he was wide receiver 29 last year and people are acting like he was like wide receiver 50 or something. He was in a very crowded offense. As you mentioned, and he's going into an offense with a lot of opportunity. Like, sorry, sorry to, you know, put some bad Juju out there. Like Mike is looking a little injured right now. Zeke Elliott and Ramondre Stevenson are you competing for some receptions. And I feel like Juju is going to be right there as the guy who's going to be able to be that reception merchant all season long. I, I don't understand the the disdain for Juju. And as you mentioned, he's he's kind of the last wide receiver one on the board out of all of these guys. Like you could maybe argue like Adam Thielen or something later on, but I think the, he's the guy with the best mix of potential and youth and opportunity and volume left on the board and i'm kind of shocked that his adp hasn't risen above where it's at right now like the guys that he was around last year or the guys that he was above in terms of fancy production last year like drake london george pickens Debo samuel deontay johnson like the list goes on and on and on and i feel like people just hate him for his tiktok still and you should be that market efficiency
1: i i'm with you on that one let's also consider he's behind Kadarius tony who has rubber bands for hamstrings Adele Buckham Jr. Who hasn't played in a year because he last tore his ACL for the second time. Elijah Moore, who's on his last chance with the the Browns, even though we both like Elijah Moore. Uh, Zay Flowers, rookie. Quentin Johnson, rookie. Jamison Williams, suspended six games. Alan Lazard, new team, crowded team. Rashad Bateman, poor passing team. Like, who is it you're getting over Juju out of those guys that you're just feeling, I mean, just absolutely lights out about that. I mean, like Juju's the clear, you know, favorite to me and, and I'd, I'd even bump him up a tier cause I'd probably take him over Michael Thomas as much as I love slant boy, ironically a little bit, but I mean, like, you know, just Juju I think has a better opportunity to, to return more. I mean, it's like Gabe Davis. Like, are you really that excited about Gabe Davis at 40? I mean, I might just reach for Juju at that point.
0: I was shocked when we pulled this ADP and I saw Elijah Moore above Juju. Do you know how many receiving yards Elijah Moore had last year? 400. That's less than half of what Juju had last year. And he's going ahead of him for some reason. Like, yeah, I like the pedigree. I like the new opportunity and all that. But as you mentioned, there's a very good chance that Elijah Moore is out of the NFL after this year. And there's no shot that Juju will be out of the NFL after this year. So very strange the way that the markets have kind of come together for these wide receivers right here. Looking at Tier 8, this is kind of our last tier before we get into our sleepers. These are the guys that I feel like you're just taking some flyers on at the very end of the draft and just seeing what sticks, but also totally could end up being a drop candidate, even after week one, after we see what kind of opportunity they have going on. So who do you like in this tier?
1: I like the Dallas offense. So Michael Gallup is wide receiver three, uh, wasn't healthy much of last season was just coming back. But when he finally came back and healthy, he started putting up, you know, 14, 15 point type games. You love to see that. If you can get that this late in the draft, you're all over it and KJ Osborne can put up huge games. KJ's a little tougher I think to stomach in like a uh, traditional drafts because you just don't know when to play him. Like he, he could just pop off and then put up a nothing burger. Gallup feels a little bit safer but I like both of them uh, kind of in this tier.
0: Yeah. I I totally agree with that. I feel like Michael Gallup, just a couple years removed from an insanely good season, I think it's totally worthwhile investing in this Dallas offense. And then, yeah, I also have K.J. Osborne on my list. Uh, Our buddy Tommy pointed him out to me earlier this season. I was like, dang, yeah. Honestly, his down the stretch last year was incredible. So good that he ended up hurting Justin Jefferson. I I think
1: that was part of Justin Jefferson's fall off was the fact that Osborne was wide open on so many deep routes by the end of the season.
0: Yep, and it really felt like he was kind of learning from some of the stuff that Jefferson was doing. Just finding himself open wasn't as much as a speed merchant as he usually is and really just being more tactful with the way that he was playing football. And I I just like KJ Osborne. As a tier 8 price, Like you really can't go wrong. And I'd like... Jordan Asson, I do want to be clear about that. I just feel like KJ Osborne is so talented and so engraved in that offense that there's a very good chance that he holds on to that wide receiver two role all year long. And just looking at that Vikings roster where they have noticeable downgrades at DN, D tackle, cornerback and linebacker, I feel like they're going to be in a lot of shootouts this year. And I feel like the Vikings are going to be in some high scoring games. The other guy that I really like this year, just because he's in tier eight and why not is Romeo Dubs. I still don't know if I'm pronouncing his name right, but God damn, did he have a really good start to the year last year. I feel like he kind of gets lost in that Christian Watson shuffle because Christian Watson was so dang good down the stretch. But I feel like a lot of people forget that Christian Watson only got good because Romeo Dubs got hurt. The first handful of games that Romeo Dubs had, he had five targets, three targets, eight targets, eight targets, five targets, nine targets, and had a handful of touchdowns in there. I feel like if he doesn't end up having that, I think it's an ankle injury, I feel like he really continues to have that pace down the stretch. And I don't see why not. This offense can't have two fantasy viable wide receivers. There's no more Lazard. There's no more Randall Cobb. No more Aaron Rodgers spouting conspiracy theories all over the place. And let's not forget... This is a Packers team that, as soon as LaFleur showed up, has done nothing but win and nothing but produce. And I, I just, I just like the opportunity for two guys to flourish in this offense. No more tight ends on this roster either. No more Robert Tunyon. Like who's catching passes here? It's going to be Dubs and Watson. So I'm totally. You're, down for You're
1: that. taking Dubs over Luke Musgrave. Whew. I can't believe it. No, I, 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 said, I think, I think all Packers are going to slowly just uptick as the preseason moves on.
0: Yeah. And, and like again, like I, I'm not taking dubs over like pretty much anyone, but like at the price, like do I want dubs? Oh wow, Jacoby Myers is in this tier. That's kind of shocking. But do I want like dubs or Tyler Boyd? Like Boyd ain't doing shit this year. I'm sorry. He's just not. Uh we are moving to our sleepers now. So you have a handful of sleepers here, which I, I love them all, but I want to hear about each one. So you
1: guys. Yeah, I, I always find that I'm I'm just going crazy, you know, kinda of the last three picks of the draft. I am always just like screw it. Who is some moonshot guys that I'm probably dropping for that? that waiver wire RB after one week. Um, So one guy I like is Alec Pierce for some reason, even though it feels like it's supposed to be Michael Pittman jr. It really is. Alec Pierce is like the deep threat in this offense. And that's kind of one of the things that Anthony Richardson does well is run the ball and throw it deep. doesn't mean he makes like good decisions or timely throws, but I think he could get just a ton of volume, you know, 30 yards plus down the field. And you love getting those air yard targets. Uh, you got Justin Ross for Kansas City, who was an absolute dog in college before a neck injury dropped him. He got picked up by the Chiefs as a free agent because they wanted to just nurse him back to health, a la Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown's the linebacker that the Cowboys brought back. Who, or who am I thinking of right now?
0: Think like Justin Watson, or
1: no? I'm thinking of the linebacker out of Notre Dame. Oh, definitely. Smith, 10. thank you, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jalen Smith. So, like they, they did kind of that reclamation type project on the guy, and, and I think he started to really return dividends for him. At, everything out of camp is indicating he's he could be the guy this year. And then John Mechie, you know, a second round re- uh, receiver, and and the, for the Texans that gets to training camp, he goes, "I don't feel right." They find out it's leukemia. It's like Jesus, what could be the more like biggest nightmare scenario possible? You know, he, he gets recovered all over the the year, but uh, I, I don't see why. You know, we were so hyped on him last year until the news came out. Now he has an actual quarterback. Everything for the Texans just looks better. Uh, you know, I, I think he could just really, really show up for him. And, and I don't know who he's fighting with for targets with Brandon Cooks gone. I mean, I guess a little bit of um, I think they got a rookie, don't they? Like maybe Tank Dell or someone like that, or Nathan yeah, Dell.
0: Yeah, I think they had Tank Dell. I, they got a couple just bit players. Nico Collins is still there. It's a bunch of just random-ass guys. That he, there, like there's I, an
1: avenue for anyone to be the number one. So it's like, if you have a chance at being the number one this late in the draft, why not take the risk?
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. And, like, no rookie quarterback's going to make a wide receiver super viable, but I feel like if anyone's going to be able to surpass that a little bit, it's Mechie. Like, he was at Bama... And with a bunch of other really good receivers and he was putting up wide receiver one stats there at 900 yards his sophomore year 1100 yards his junior year at bama and that was with just some random mass quarterbacks too which is what he's gonna have to do this year with houston so i feel like if any guy is gonna emerge out of the offense it's the talent that john Mechie has i went real deep cut on my sleeper pick uh, i love your justin ross pick but like I, I can already foresee him in all my fancy drafts like creeping up into that like sixth round, seventh round because the hype trade is just out of control right now, even with the injury that he recently had. I decided to go with my guy, Trey Palmer. Sixth round pick out Nebraska, single season receiving yards record at Nebraska, 4-3-3-40. In the NFL draft, he still fell to the sixth round, which is crazy to me personally. But he has been lighting it up in preseason so far. Just scored a touchdown in their last preseason preseason game, and even in a crowded wide receiver field in Tampa Bay, I really feel like he could end up being that speed guy that opens up a lot of things for the older Chris Godwin and Mike Evans and that offense. Just called a hunch, but I feel like Trey Palmer by the end of the year could end up being fantasy viable.
1: Yeah, no, I, I think Trey Palmer is like who Scotty Miller dreamed he could be. Uh, and I think, you know, Tom Brady would have salivated to have a guy like that while his, to your point, while his arm was still able to just absolutely hunk it downfield. Uh, you know, the guy that I think people should keep their eye on. again, I got to throw my Homer pick since you got to bring up Ross with the, all your Chiefs fans, dude, do not sleep on Demario Douglas out of, out of new England. This guy is balling the F out. So we don't have to put money in the swear jar and like, Every indication is basically he is a roster lock at this point. He did not play in the first preseason game. The reason being, he's getting all of his practice against the the number ones on defense. Like he is just moving up. The dude is going to get so many just weird plays this year. Uh, I'm I'm hyped for him. Even Keishawn Butte, I, I think, is going to be the the hot take. Is I I think um I think Devonte Parker. Not Devontae Parker. Um, I I think Kendrick Bourne gets cut and we keep the rookies this year because I think uh, Boutte plays the same role as Bourne and just has more upside. And then Demario Douglas is just balling out. People love him. Uh, He's going to be the the next great slot hope out of uh, New England, I think.
0: Dude, how mad are people gonna be with Demario Douglas and Keyshawn Bute combined for like eighteen hundred receiving guards this year? Both as like six round rookies.
1: <laughs> yeah, people it. will be people will be livid, but it also make up for the fact that we can't hit on any receiver drafted in the, the first three rounds. So Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm not all the way out on Taekwond Thornton yet, but it's just like, man, everything out of camp is like all things go for Bute and, and for Douglas and like Thornton is there, which you don't want to hear out of a guy you just drafted 40th overall a year ago.
0: Yeah, it's really giving me uh, Dobson vibes at this point, which is too bad, but what are you going to do? Uh, yeah, do we have some time to do our do not draft slash?
1: We got 13 no, minutes, draft. buddy.
0: Okay, let's let's talk. Oh, yeah. through Tier two, I already kind of alluded to it. I just don't love the Amon Ra St. Brown price. I'm sorry. I just don't. I don't really feel like Goff is going to be able to air it out to Amon Raw as much as we would like. There were definitely a lot of games last year where Goff was kind of struggling to get it to Amon Ra in a place that was worthwhile. I feel like once Jameson Williams comes back, it's really going to eat into his value. And right now, Amon Raw St. Brown is going wide receiver 10 ahead of guys like Jalen Waddle, Devontae Smith, Chris Olave, T. Higgins. I just feel like he needs to go down a handful of pegs before I'm comfortable drafting him at that price people might just be getting a little too excited, which makes me excited because I'm a Lions fan. But at the same time, I just can't justify it at wide receiver 10. So,
1: yeah, no, that's a good one. I love him on raw, the player. I don't trust a Dan Campbell offense to be able to, to kind of like feed a guy to be a top 10 wide receiver. We saw the end of last year, Jamison Williams came in and immediately started getting kind of like plays drawn up for him. Tight ends that are probably not even going to be rostered this year. We're getting multiple touchdown games. Jane, or uh, Jamal Williams is getting every touchdown possible once he got inside five or ten yards. Like, there's just a lot of of wrinkles this offense will have. Uh, you know, Monty's going to get a ton of touches. I think Jameer Gibbs is going to get a lot of opportunities. I, I just I think Amon Ross the odd one out as far as these top ten guys, and I just I'm not taking him that early.
0: I would totally bet with you right now that Gibbs and Monty finish with more targets this year than Amon Ra. Like, obviously, that's like two players combining for more than one. But, like, I just feel like out of the backfield, that's where Goff drives with his passes. And that's where they're all going to be going this year. So, and Dan Campbell runs a conservative ship in a lot of ways. Yeah. So, I, I would not be shocked if Amon Ra gets out targeted.
1: Yeah. The, the guy I have not, I don't think I have any shares of Garrett Wilson yet. Uh, we, we said there's just so many options. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is is having calf issues already. Like everything, just sounds like same old Jets could be the potential outcome of this season, and nothing would make me happier. Uh, I I just kind of staying away for the most part, other than Brees Hall when he falls to me. Just I, I don't love all the options there. There, there. It's just like you know paralysis by analysis. There's too many people. I end up getting actually like Lazard a lot because he's just so much lower. And I'm like Aaron loves his dudes, and Garrett Wilson has yet to be his dude, so. Uh, yeah, I'm, just, I'm not, I'm not hyped on him, especially not at wide receiver, what, eight? So,
0: yeah, I've never seen more hype coming out of a wide receiver 19 season. Like, yes, had a very solid rookie year. Yes, he got force fed like crazy. It just really scares me when there's like all those options going into this uh, season. Like Corey Davis is like wide receiver three and four. And like, you know, he's still going to eat. And it really scares me that Garrett Wilson is being drafted right around Devontae Adams' territory. Like, Adams just head and shoulders above where Garrett Wilson is. He's a truly elite receiver. And I feel like Garrett Wilson has a little ways to go. And it really feels like I don't think I can trust Aaron Rodgers to support a wide receiver one season from a guy right now.
1: Yeah, Devontae Adams, who's had a top three wide receiver year probably four or five years in a row. Or Garrett Wilson, who showed promise in his first year?
0: Yeah, it it feels like a reach. It feels like you're projecting with Garrett Wilson. And sure, if he was in that Tier 3 with Alave, where he should be, then yes, give me Garrett Wilson. But he's up there with the Tier 2 guys, and that's terrifying to me. Tier 3, I went with a guy that I just feel like has kind of fallen off, and I feel like has been overtaken in his offense. And I went with Devo Samuel. I feel like he's getting drafted around a lot of guys that I would rather have namely Chris Olave and Calvin Ridley. And I feel like Brandon Ayuk is a better receiver at this point. Debo looks like he's old. It looks like he's been struggling. And I would just rather have the new shiny toy. That's that's where I fit in two or three.
1: Yeah, honestly, CMC coming to town kind of ruined what made Debo an absolute fantasy monster. I think Ayuk does kind of supplant him as a pure receiver. I still think Debo's a hellacious player. It's just he's not the fantasy asset that we once thought of him uh, thought of. So I'm kind of with you on that one. Sam
0: Darnold's going to be his quarterback. So, and and of
1: course, Sam Darnold's going to be his quarterback. So Uh, I would DK, uh, you know, he's last year when DK was like 30th, like that was like, Oh, this is an easy slam dunk. I don't love him as much now up here at what, like 20, where where am I? I'm missing him for some reason. The uh, DK is at 15 at 15. Yeah. yeah. It's like, so he, he had a down year last year, right? He went from like a 200 point type season to an 180 point type season. So, why is it all of a sudden we think G, Gino had you know, the season of his life? He's going to all of a sudden now have an even better than QB5 season. And DK is going to be the beneficiary of that, even though JSN's in town. Tyler Lockett's still there. They're going to run the ball with, uh, you know, Ken Walker. They're going to run it with um, Charbonnet. Like, I, I'm just not seeing what's, what it is that's going to happen that's going to make DK you know, jump from his last year performance. So I'm just not getting why he's up there with, with like T Higgins and Calvin Ridley um, and, and Chris Olave, you know?
0: Yeah, I get it. I, I, I like the talent personally, but it is a crowded, crowded offense. And there's going to be a little bit of Geno Smith slip. Like that's just built in. Right. So I feel like at the value that you're getting him at, it's just not that great. Looking at tier four, I don't love Mike Williams this year. I think a lot of people have his beginning of his season last year kind of locked into their heads. I don't know if you remember, but Mike Williams to start the season was incredible putting up a hundred yards on touchdown games every single week, but he's even hit 900 yards last year, finished wide receiver 32. So that scares me a little bit for his upcoming year. Uh, He's getting drafted at like wide receiver 28, roughly in his ADP. I would just rather someone else take him between the, dependency on touchdowns his one really good year was with 10 touchdowns his other best year was with with nine touchdowns and the fact that he's also pretty dang injury prone i i love this chargers offense and i love what justin herbert's about ready to do i just feel like it the the sugar's gonna be spread a lot just kind of like the seattle thing like it's just gonna be a lot of guys a lot of hands to feed or mouths yeah to feed.
1: Yeah, I mean, honestly, the, the same arguments against DK I have for Mike Williams, right? Like, they've got a rookie in town that just does what he does, but better. Potentially. I mean, maybe not, like he has to prove it, but I love Quentin Nelson in that offense, especially as a potential wide receiver three. I think he ends up becoming wide receiver two behind Keenan Allen. Um, but for me in, the, in this tier, like, I'll, I'll take Williams a little bit. Best ball especially, because then you don't have to worry about when he's going to pop off. But season long, probably not a lot of Mike Williams. But I'm, I'm never grabbing D-hop. Uh, I don't know what you saw out of this Titans offense that just made you go, yes, I want the receiving threats that are coming uh, from you know a Ryan Tannehill led team. But Traylon Burks way later, I'm fine with that. Or sorry, it is Traylon, right? Yeah, Traylon. Okay. Traylon Burks way later. Uh Derrick Henry's still gonna get every touch possible until he falls apart, which hopefully doesn't happen because he's a fun player. I just don't know why we're we're wanting D-Hop. D-Hop's on the wrong side of 30, on the wrong side of a PED suspension. Like, he's just not it.
0: Genuinely, does does D-Hop break what Kendall Wright did in his sophomore year? Kendall Wright in his sophomore year had 1,100 yards, two touchdowns. Do we really think D-Hop's going to do all that much better? It really feels like he's going to have a Julio Jones-type season where it's like 800, 900 yards and maybe one or two touchdowns. I mean, honestly.
1: The, the ceiling feels like Julio last year. And, and I don't think that, or sorry, I guess Julio two years ago. And I, I don't think that's what you're wanting in, in this tier, right? Like, if you're like, ooh, you know what, screw it. I'm going to skip Keenan Allen for D Hop. Like, oh my God, get out of here. And I'm not a huge, you know, Keenan Allen fan. He's he's pretty injury prone. But Keenan Allen's just a, a target vacuum and a, and a yards machine. Like, D Hop is contested catches and physicality. And like, that's not what you want to hear out of your aging wide receiver.
0: Yeah, it's going to feel real bad when it's like week four and DeAndre Hopkins has had four straight weeks of like 45 yards on three catches, and you're just going to be like, damn, I really wasted like a fourth-round pick on that. Like that's that's going to be really, really tragic in my opinion. Yeah. Okay, so those are our rankings. Well, we put them out on our Instagram, TikTok, all that good social media stuff. Uh, any any final words on wide receivers?
1: No, it's, I mean, this is really the year we've said a few times, like, oh, it's kind of transforming into a wide receiver. Like it's always been transforming into a wide receiver quarterback league, but finally fantasy is that way. It's going to be the first time in a very long time that you're seeing wide receivers go as the pick one overall, if not the first time ever. I mean, it usually has always been who's the best running back. That's number one. Now it's who's the best three wide receivers. I'm taking them before a running back because their production is just on a different level.
0: I think this is genuinely the first time I've seen wide receivers go one and two consistently. It's gone Jefferson and Chase in a lot of my drafts. CMC sometimes pokes his head in there, but it's shocking the way that the league has turned. It used to be you got to get your first running back in round one, you got your second running back in round two, and it's no longer that type of league. Well, exciting. there's
1: there's such a long time where it was like the first wide receiver off the board. This might date me. It was like Michael Thomas or Devontae Adams, and that was at pick eight or nine. And you're like, oh, who the hell is reaching? Like, you got to get the RB. And then you see the end of the season. you're Like, I can't believe their team's good. I mean, like, they didn't even go RB first. And then, like, it's slowly People have been like, wait a minute. If your wide receiver production is high enough, it doesn't matter if you miss out on RBs. Because you can just absolutely just dominate a league based off of having two wide receiver ones and then figuring out the rest.
0: Yeah, our AB went, like, third overall. And you're like, oh, that's a reach. And then, like, seven yeah. weeks. And you're like, oh, no, he's not. No, he's yeah, not.
1: Yeah, exactly. All right. The only time that I felt like it reached was when it was like Le'Veon Bell was still producing. But as soon as Le'Veon Bell was gone, it's like, yeah, go all in on AB. Dude,
0: triple Bs. What a great era. Fun times in football. All righty, that'll do it for us today. Everybody send some well wishes towards James. He's really going through it right now. And we'll see y'all next week for tight ends.
1: Bye, everybody.